Well, we're talking about this belt of truth. And remember from last week, the imagery that Paul uses is that of a Roman soldier in full uniform, full regalia. And there's a picture, and there's actually a picture of the belt that he was thinking of. Do you see it there around the armor, around the chest breastplate of the, the Roman soldier? Remember, he was writing this letter of Ephesians from prison in Rome, and he's being guarded closely by by a Roman soldier there by his cell door or a number of them if it's a large prison. And he's looking at them, thinking about these uniforms that they wear and these different pieces and aspects of it that they use in their task to go and fight of flesh and blood. And Paul says, you know, God's given us tools, armor that we have to help us in our spiritual fight in the world. And today we're talking about this this belt that he says represents truth. Now, a couple of purposes of the Roman soldier's belt, and you see it there. Uh, one was to carry things, to carry tools. And usually it was the sword, as you see in this picture, on the right. And it was usually a dagger on the left. The sword, of course, for, for, for clashing with other armies and using an extended weapon, the dagger, of course, for close contact and, and being in personal battles, if you will. And this belt was essential for them to carry in battle for that purpose. Sometimes, too, they would put on rations for the day. If they knew they would be going and, and fighting or, or uh, marching somewhere for the day, they would put enough on there just for their journey, water to drink, perhaps. The other purpose of the belt, though, and you see the metal plates on it, and some of those were to connect things to, but a lot of them have to do with the status of the Roman soldier as well. Did you know that there was no one by decree of the Roman Empire that could wear a belt like that except for a Roman soldier? And every piece of metal on there that, that is meted out and it depended uh, on the soldier as to how many there were, and what those looked like. Those showed to the world like stripes would on our common military today. What the rank was, what affiliations or group they were in within the military. It was a status symbol. And so Roman soldiers, they say, would wear just the belt on their days off when they weren't on duty. Going into the marketplace, they would put their belt on because people would see it and have great respect and at least fear for them to be sure. And so this belt that the soldiers wore had, had purpose and meaning, and Paul's saying that truth has purpose and meaning for us as well. It protects us like weapons would that hang on our belt, but it also shows who we are in the world and reminds us of what we're all about. So there's, there's a couple of um, things I want to say about truth. Philosophically, Paul writes about uh, truth in, in various ways, but Jesus really gets to the very heart of it today, doesn't he? Did you hear in that gospel passage I read for you the, well, outright argument he had with his church folks? Imagine that, fighting in a church. Can you imagine such a thing? Yeah, religious folks disagreeing about important things. And these people some of who very much might have raised Jesus up in the faith and, and helped him to understand 
what it meant to be a rabbi one day when he would grow older. They argued with him about who he said he was and about who God was. And you heard the argument. I don't want to jump in too deep because it could go on for a long explanation. But basically, Jesus says the way that you're living and how it is that you are speaking and what you believe in your hearts is not of God because it's speaking of things that are not of God. And you know, there was a group and those within the church as well that were trying to rub Jesus out. Anybody that, that challenged their authority or challenged you know, their status, they were alarmed by. And they even threatened Jesus and were a part of, as were the Romans, as were others in Jerusalem, putting him up on that cross, ultimately, that we all were responsible of as sinners. And so John writes and tells us that Jesus says to those that follow him, I am truth. You've heard that before, right? From John 14, I am the way, the truth. Jesus says, yeah, Jesus claimed to be truth. What is right and good in the world? What is of God? And he says, if you'll follow me, then I will show you the way. That's important for us to hear that we need to follow Jesus each and every day. And are we going to ultimately ascribe to what he teaches us when we're confronted between what he says and what the world tells us to do? That's the big question. The truth that we believe as followers of Jesus. Do we put it on the bottom line each and every time? Uh, philosophically, now, and Paul is writing here about truth uh, with philosophy in mind because it's very connected with theology. Uh, there's objective truth in the world and there's subjective truth in the world. And that's important for us to hear. Objective truth is factually based truth. Claims that can be made because there is data uh, or science or measurements to back it up. And a few examples of that would be that water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. It just does. We don't know why, but every time when it gets to about 212 degrees, it starts to move around and these bubbles come up from the bottom of it. Um, one plus one is two. I even learned that in math and still remember it. And it's factual data that if you put one thing with another, you, you somehow have two. You can't change that. There's, there's objective truth, like the speed limit is 35 through here, and you were doing 70. And so you get this ticket, and you just can't argue that. You can go to court, but, but the number on the sign said it was 35, and you were doubling it, and then some factual data and, and information, uh, unbiased, uh, is objective in its nature. And, and that's the, the laws that we live in and among, we hope. That's what a society is. That's what God's laws were about, was people ascribing to a certain set of truth, objective truth that everybody could be measured by. But then there's subjective truth in the world, and that's more of your truth or my truth. That doesn't apply to us all. Maybe more preference-oriented in our minds and not necessarily in others. Like, I think chocolate mint chip ice cream is the best. How many would say amen to that? 
All right, so there's three or four that believe that truth. But you can't measure that because some of you don't like chocolate. Some of you may not like ice cream. Some of you might even like just plain vanilla. I like blue better than yellow is a subjective truth for me because blue is my favorite color, especially better than pale yellow. But Paul is writing about and talking about Jesus who came and said, I am a subjective truth for the world that you are being called and challenged to believe. You can't measure it. You can show the outcome of it is good and of God and right, but you have to believe it and choose it and say, yes, I will believe that and put that belt on and carry it around with me everywhere I go. So four quick things today I want to mention that we are provided when we get protection from, actually, from, from the world and all that would pull us apart uh, when we follow Jesus and put, put his word and the words of the scripture as truth in our lives. And the first of those is a freedom uh, from fear. We are protected from fear because when we call upon Jesus and claim him as as the leader of our lives, he walks with us in a mighty and firm, strong way. He promises that again and again in the scriptures. And I can't prove that to you by saying, look in the seat beside you and you'll see Jesus sitting there. But I can tell you that if you walk in faith and believe he is there for you as your champion, you will not be alone. And the fear that you face, the battles that you fight as you go through. Paul lives in this world that you and I don't live in, in writing these letters of faith, because he is confronted and challenged with believing when it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I mean, to get locked up, to be given a death penalty just to say, I believe in this Nazarene that walked even... Before I came and was crucified and resurrected? Paul was crazy in the head for even believing that. But you and I are called to believe it too. If we believe that he is the one that, that truly is the truth of the world from God. That God created us and God redeems us and God receives us when this life ends. Yesterday... I did not get a chance to read the scripture at Joanne's service because there wasn't time. But I usually do because it provides for us a powerful image of God being with us when we are afraid. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus says he is our good shepherd and will walk with us and protect us and cast out all fear if we will trust him and put him on as our belt. Second, 
uh, we're protected from ourselves, and oftentimes that's my own worst enemy right there, is me. Yeah, I can trip myself up very easily. I can choose the wrong things if I'm not tuned in to what God is calling me to and what Jesus is telling me to do in, in living. It's easy for us to, to just think that we're all that, isn't it? All that in a bag of chips, as I knew one woman used to say, named Betty. But we're not, because we're going to get there again where we get caught up in our own issues and get self-focused. Paul Harvey told this story one time about a college basketball coach. He had just moved from one college to a bigger one, and, and he was excited because the season was starting out really well. And one morning, he was in the bathroom getting ready to go over to the school, take care of a few things in the office before practice that afternoon from the kids after they were out of class. And so he's shaving, and his wife yells upstairs to him after the phone rings, Honey, Sports Illustrated is on the phone, and he nicks himself as he's shaving. So he, he can't believe it. He's bleeding, and he's thinking, Oh, my gosh, I've been noticed, noticed by the premier recognition of and, and writing instrument of, uh, of sports. And so he, he puts the toilet paper on there, and he runs down the stairs, and he's trying to catch his breath and calm himself down. He says, hello. And the person on the other line, and this is, you know, Paul Harvey 40 or 50 years ago, they said, sir, would you be interested in a Sports Illustrated subscription for only 49 cents a week? Well, oftentimes we think a lot more of ourselves than we ought to, don't we? Yeah, we, we like to think the best. We strive for great things, and we should. But, but if, if we just follow ourselves, we'll, we'll destroy ourselves. The world is coming apart at the seams, it seems. And sometimes I think it's because we're all just trying to do our own thing, irregardless of who everybody else is, and not even paying attention to others. Jesus says, I am the truth, and if you will follow me, I'll protect you from yourselves. Uh, a third protection is from others, and not others coming at us, though we, we have folks that try to undo us at different times in life, but the opinion of others, because isn't it very easy to hear the voices inside our heads? And I'm not talking about the, the mental voices, but the voices of others. It's so easy for us to hear the opinion of a crowd and for us to follow that rather than we know in our hearts what is right and good and true. And when we turn from it, it's going to lead us down a path that leads to, to destruction. And yet, yet the opinion of others, us not wanting to speak up or say anything out loud, in opposition is is something that will just take us down if we're not protected by, by the truth of what we know is right and good in our hearts, what is of God. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus said to these folks there in Jerusalem as he was teaching, I am the truth. I've come from the Father, from God, the same one that you say is your Father, and yet you're not listening to me because you're talking about taking my life instead. And you know they did. They did. 
They probably didn't set out to. They probably thought they were right and good and holy and trying to keep things in order. But they ended out rubbing out the Son of God, the Word of God made flesh. Because they were so caught up in the crowd and, and, and in the, uh, the pox romana, the peace of Rome, and wanting to keep the order and keep their place in Jerusalem. Wow. We are protected from the opinion of others being the loudest voice when we, we follow Jesus and we hear his words speaking to us every day. The last protection of, that we receive from this, this belt of truth from wearing it and following him by, by putting it on is we're protected from sin. And I'm not talking about protection from temptation. And I'm not saying that if you put it on, you're going to live a sinless life because only God could do that, right? But I am saying that if you put it on, that there is strength for you in your time of need. There is the presence of Jesus with you that reminds you it's not worth just blowing up or doing what it is that you, you have before you and are tempted to do. You can break the chains of that temptation. And get a bigger perspective on it and know that the, the Spirit of God, the power of truth, His presence in Jesus will help you and give you the strength in your times of need when it's time to say no. And so, are we purveyors of this truth? Paul was. He preached, lived his life, gave it, actually, because he believed it. And it's life-changing. It's been going on, and people have been, been recognizing it and even living it and choosing it for 2,000 years since. It has staying power, and it has personal power, and it has kingdom power, not of this world, but of the heavenly realm that can encourage us, strengthen us, and give to us victory over, over all enemies that we may face in this world. And so today we ask ourselves, am I putting on this belt of truth? Am I putting Jesus' word above all other words in my life?